0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. James chapter number five, James chapter number five, and um, we'll look at this tonight. James chapter number five, and I want to read verse number 16 to you. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read this verse, and then pray, and you can be seated, and then we'll take off. The Bible says in James chapter number five, verse number 16, "...confess your faults one to another." and pray one for another that ye may be healed the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much now, i really want to center in on that last part the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much and uh, i want to talk to you about this tonight and, and and i really i had all plans on getting done with it tonight and man i'm telling you the past two nights the more i've studied the more it's grown and there's just no way that we'll get done with it tonight but we'll get as far as we can but I want to talk to you simply about prayer tonight and uh, growing as a Christian if we grow as a Christian we're going to have to pray Amen. We're going to have to know how to pray. So um, we're going to look at that tonight. Father, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for your blessings. I thank you for our church. Thank you, God, for the people that makes it up. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd be with Brother Heath. Um, the kids out there today, God, tonight, all the workers out there. Um, uh, God, I'm sure they've got 35 or 40 out there. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help them meet their needs tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us in here. God, I pray, Lord, that we had learned from your word tonight, God, Father, that it just wouldn't be words that fall off. Off the tip of our tongue, but God may it find a lodging place in our heart, and God may we learn from it tonight. God will be careful to give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. You know, I want to look at this verse and really just use it as a springboard. We'll come back to it in, in the message, but really just use it as a springboard on the subject of prayer tonight. Um, I, I, I think about the most important thing in the Christian's life tonight. And uh, whenever I begin to think about that, I wrote three things that is the most important things uh, in the Christian's life tonight. Number one, it would be reading our Bible. Now, these don't go in any certain order. Um, They're just all three equally. Amen? You need all three of these. But I would say, number one, we need to read our Bible. Amen? Um, We need to study the Word of God. And uh, I've said this many, many times. You may agree with me. You may disagree with me with me, that's all up to you, and I'm not going to argue with you over it. Um, uh, Not every day do I read numerous chapters in the Word of God, but every day I do read the Bible and there's times that I'll just read one or two verses, man, and and the Lord will stop me on that and and I'll dig on those one or two verses. I'll take... I love to run cross-references in our Bible. That's one of my favorite things to do. If you don't know what I'm saying on that, if you've got a Bible with cross-references in it, it'll have um, beside a word It'll have a letter, and then on this Bible, it's on the outside. On most Bibles, it's on the inside, and it's another verse that parallels with that verse. And I—that's one of my favorite things to do—is to run cross references in the Bible and study that verse and glean on that verse and meditate on that verse. But you gotta read your Bible if you're gonna grow as a Christian. Number two, I'd say this: you gotta pray. You gotta pray. And uh, I say a whole lot more about that. I'm coming back to that. But number three, you gotta to go to church. Amen. Um, um, Dad wrote the book on the study for new converts and at the end of it, at the end of every lesson it says stay on your knees stay in the word and stay in church and you'll grow as a new Christian and that's true tonight you gotta stay in the house of God to grow. You say well I can get church outside the house of God. I disagree with you because the Bible says forsake not the assembly of ourselves together with believers. I believe in the local assembly. We can go back to the book of Acts, see the local Assembly. See, is everybody all right? I'm preaching real good right now. See the local church, and you got to go to church. You got to have the church. Now, here's what I want to center in on tonight. I want to center in on this thing of prayer. Prayer changes things, and nothing is changed without prayer. No one saved, no sermon blessed, no marriage victorious, no child turning out right, no church staying in the center of God's will uh, uh, without. prayer, we've got to have prayer, we've got to have prayer and uh, it's definite that prayer changes things uh, and without prayer nothing will change, amen I thought about this, prayer is acknowledging uh, our inabilities and casting ourselves upon God which we can read that in Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse number 16 it is our inabilities you know there's a lot of things in our flesh that we cannot overcome but when we go to the Lord in prayer, the Lord will help us overcome those things. I read this, Oswald Chambers said this, We tend to use prayer as a last resort, but God wants it to be our first line of defense. We pray when there's nothing else we can do, but God wants us to pray before we do anything at all. Most of us would prefer, however, to spend our time doing something that will get immediate results. We don't want to wait for God to resolve matters in His good time because His ideal of good time is seldom in sync with ours. How true that is tonight, amen? Uh, We'll go before God in prayer for just a moment. But I want to ask you this, how long has it been since you agonized with God in prayer? How long has it been since you had an effectual first prayer. You wonder why your prayers not availing. You wonder why God's not. Maybe it's because it's not an effectual fervent prayer. He said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's sad to say, but a lot of people the only time they ever pray is when it's a nine one one service. It's when everything's going, Amen. It's when everything's going wrong in their life. And God help us, is to if we use prayer as a spare tire. God help us tonight. Amen. Think about this with me. Bound said this. He said, The church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more and novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use. Men of prayer. Men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow. Listen to this. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but men and men of prayer. God does not anoint methods. Amen. It's not that God anoints a method. God anoints a man tonight. And that anointing comes from spending time alone with God. That's yeah, man, I'm preaching real good tonight. That's the only way you'll ever... Have have a touch of God on your life. And and, and I'll just say this to you tonight, I've heard some men get up and preach and give some great educated book reports of the Bible, have some great things to say, but never had the anointing of God on their life. Never be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. They may move your emotion, but they do not move your soul. And there is a difference in that. Yeah, man, there is a difference in that. I, I today I um, uh, I seen uh, Rebecca and I was talking, and and I'm sure a lot of people seen it, but I guess it was last night. I don't know. It might have been five years ago. The way I am, I don't know. But um, there was a kid that, or he's not a kid. He's 22 years old. And he went on American's Got Talent, and he's blind and severe autistic. And they interviewed him. Then he sat down at the piano and he started playing the piano and began to sing. I don't know if y'all see anybody else seen that. All right, and started playing that piano in my soul. When he started singing, who else got goosebumps? Come on, be honest with me. I, I did. I cried, man. I'm telling you, tears swelled up in my eyes because I was thinking about the condition that he was in. Can I tell you something? That wasn't a move of God in my life. That was an emotion. And I'm telling you something, we're getting a lot of things mixed up with the move of God and emotionalism. And the only way God does not move on machinery, God moves on men. And the only way we'll ever have that anointing touch in our life is to get along with God and pray and spend time with Him. That's great by Ian Bounds. I thought about this, if there's anything that we need today, we need those men of prayer. If there's anything we need today, we need those ladies of prayer. I remember years ago when I was a boy growing up at the corner of Courtney Huntsville Road and Goldmine Road was a lady that lived there by the name of Miss Edith Shore. I remember my dad would call her and say, Hey, I need you to pray for me. And dad would say that she's one of my prayer warriors. Hear me tonight. Anybody can pray. God will never call you as a lady to preach the gospel, but anybody can pray. And the preacher needs that person who will steal away and pray and beg God uh, to use their man of God. Anybody can. There's no age restriction on prayer. There is no restriction found on the Word of God of who can pray. There is some restrictions on if God will hear it, and I'll deal with that in a minute. But anybody can pray. Yeah. <laughs> We need people that will pray today. I thought about this. Abraham was a man of prayer. And angels came down from heaven to converse with him. Jacob's prayer was answered in the wonderful interview at Peniel that resulted in his having such a mighty blessing and in the softening of the heart of his brother Esau. The child Samuel was given to answer uh, Hannah's prayer. Elijah prayed and closed up the heavens for three years and six months. Elijah prayed again and it started... again. Elijah prayed again and fire fell from heaven. I'm talking about people that knows how to pray. Elisha, what about Elisha? Elisha prayed and life came back to the dead child. Samson prayed after he had messed up and God forgave him. As he prayed, God blessed him with his strength again. And when God done that, he slew more at his death than he did in his whole life. Daniel was a man of prayer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was a man of prayer was men of prayer what about this right here what about old Paul and Silas in the prison at Philippi as they prayed and sang praises and the place was shaken and the jailer was converted probably that one conversion has done more than any other record in the Bible to bring people into the kingdom of God how many have been blessed in seeking the answer to this question what must I do to be saved how many messages Messages has been preached on what must I do to be saved. How many people has been saved because they heard somebody say, what must I do to be saved? You want know, me to tell you the reason the Philippian jailer done that? was because there's two old boys in the midst of the darkest storm probably of their life began to cry out to God and pray to God and God gave them a song in the midnight hour. And now we're reading of untold millions probably that is God saved off of that text. Why? Because some Somebody prayed. Cause somebody prayed. Cause somebody got a hold of God. <laughs> oh, yeah, because somebody prayed. And I thought, man, you can go on and on. You can go on and on through the Bible. What about the prayer of the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane when He said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I sure am glad He prayed that prayer. Amen. What about the last prayer that Jesus Christ ever prayed? And it was uh, on the cross that day when He said, Father, forgive them. In that continuous sense, He's still saying it today. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You want me to tell you the reason you're saved today? You want me to tell you the reason and I'm saved today, it's because of a prayer by the man, Jesus Christ, that said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Somebody pray. I thought about this. John Knox grasped all Scotland in his strong arms of faith. His prayers terrified the Terence. Whitfield, after much holy, faithful closet pleading, went to what was called the Devil's Fair and took more than a thousand souls out of the pall of the line and saw them saved in one day. See a praying Wesley turn more than 10,000 souls to the Lord. What about Finney, whose prayers, faith, sermons, and writings have shaken this whole country and sent a wave of blessings through the churches on both sides of the sea, all because somebody pray All because somebody prayed. What about Dr. Percy Ray had spent literally tens of thousands of dollars in cement one day. And they come rolling into the camp and looked at Dr. Ray and said, there's a bad storm and rain on the way. And Dr. Ray said, it will ruin everything. It will ruin all the cement. And he said, we must pray. And Dr. Ray got down on his knees and began praying. And the story is told that the rain got to where that cement was at and literally parted and went around that cement and come back together on the other side. Why? Because somebody made a sacrifice and got a hold of the horns of the altar and prayed through. God, give us people today that we'll pray one more time. What about Dr. Ray and R.G. Lee? Was dedicating seven churches in one day. Seven churches. Matter of fact, Dr. Ray, by the time he was 40 years old, had started 30 churches Had them all turned over to a local pastor and paid for on the dedication service. What about that? Study His Life. They was dedicating seven in one day. They After they dedicated the six when R.G. Lee, Dr. R.G. Lee was preaching all the messages. They started to the seventh one. And on the way to the seventh one, they stopped on the side of the road. And the story is told that they walked up in a pine thicket. And uh, uh, Dr. Ray looked at R.G. Lee and said we've got to pray. And Dr. R.G. Lee leaned up against a tree because he was so tired. And Dr. Ray grabbed a hold of it and said Lee get on the ground we're reverencing God I mean just not anybody could have said that to Dr. R.G. Lee but Dr. Percy Ray could the story is told that R.G. Lee got down on the ground and here's what he said Dr. Ray said he looked at him and said that church we still owe $3,500 on it and we've got to have it before we'll dedicate it somebody's got to give us $3,500 before church starts tonight understanding that day it was like $35,000 Dr. Ray laid prostrate out in that pine thicket and here was the prayer he prayed oh God we don't need fireworks tonight we need dynamite amen got up walked back to the car started up the road got out of the car a man walked up to him handed him $3,500 said God said do this I don't know what the need is they dedicated the building debt free because somebody somebody prayed somebody prayed somebody prayed I thought about this. I thought about this. What about the beginning of 2016? The beginning of 2016, closing out 2015, we'd been really praying that God would let us see a move of God around here. The beginning of 2016 started out with a little New Year's Jubilee that was going to go through nights. Ended up going two weeks and it was the prayers of our people that we watched a man by the name of Craig Golden on the last night of that meeting walk down an aisle and fall in an altar and get saved by the grace of God and God changed his life. Why? Because somebody prayed. Because somebody prayed, I thought about this, May the 28th, 2016, tragedy struck our church harder than it's ever struck it, when a young man at 13 years old was tragically taken out into eternity. May the 28th, 2016, I dare say our church prayed more than it had ever prayed. And in the days to come, God brought us to a closer union with Him and a more intimate relationship with Him, a lot of the people in this church, than we had ever been in. You remember that? Oh, I remember it just like it was yesterday. And I remember on May the 28th that happened. And I'll never forget, just long, not long after that, we met on a Saturday evening. And began praying that God would do something great in our youth camp. About 45 of us did that Saturday afternoon. Little did we know Monday night that God would begin to open the windows of heaven. And for the next five weeks in June and July, we would sit underneath an old hot tent for five weeks, watch 209 people walking an out and get saved by the grace of God. Watch nine preachers surrender to preach. You want me to tell you the reason why? Somebody prayed! That's why. What about going into 2017? We gathered around in a parking lot and began praying and saying, God, you know we need more Sunday school space. God, you know we need more space for our choir. God, will you give us wisdom on it? What about spring of 2017 when God let us break ground and in 54 working days done a major renovation in our church and built a whole new educational wing? What about that? Why? Because somebody prayed. Because somebody prayed. What about, I thought about this. What about June 23rd, 2018? June 23rd, 2018, we met back underneath an old tent. Brother Daniel Buchanan stood up and exhorted to us how the importance of prayer was going into youth camp in 2018. I knelt with Brother Brian Cardwell on the platform back next to where the sound usually sits. We agreed and prayed and begged God to do something in the life of my middle daughter, Olivia, at the time. We began praying and I knew God needed to do something. I didn't know what it was, but I knew she needed something from God. And we prayed that night and begged God to do something. I'll never forget on that during that tent meeting. Matter of fact, I'm almost positive it was on that Wednesday night or Tuesday night of that tent meeting. My little girl busted out of her chair and come running down the aisle and got in an altar and got saved by the grace of God. Why? Because somebody prayed. Because some, what about June twenty third, two thousand, or, or or May the fourth, two thousand nineteen, on a, a Saturday night, when Dad exhorted to us about praying? and I'll never forget. If you can't give your own illustrations on prayer, something's wrong. Amen. Amen right there. I prayed and begged God to do something great in the tent and meet the needs underneath it. Little did I know, little did I know that that following Friday night, I'd watch my 15-year-old daughter get saved and my 7-year-old daughter get saved. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm simply saying this. We need some people in this day that will pray. We have saw in the past what God can do. We've saw God bring us through the deepest, darkest valleys uh, that we've ever faced in this this church through prayer, we've saw God turn those valleys into great mountaintops and hundreds of people walk the aisle and get saved all because somebody prayed. Somebody prayed. Ah, you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. If we're going to grow as a Christian, we're going to have to learn to pray. We're going to have to learn to pray. We're going to have to learn to pray. If I, if I ask you this question tonight, If I ask you this question tonight, give me a prayer that God's answered for you in the past month, could you give me an answer? Can you give me an answer tonight? If we passed a piece of paper around, I wonder if you'd say anything on it. I'm going to ask you this question. Tell me a prayer that God's answered for you in the past month that you shared with nobody else. That you didn't tell nobody else about. I share some of my burdens with people, but some of them I don't share with nobody. You hear me tell you the reason why? I want to know God's hearing me. I want to know God's answering my prayers. And if I'm sharing it with everybody, He may be answering it on somebody else's behalf. And I want to know that I've still got a... <laughs> oh yes, I want to know that I've still got a direct line in the throne room of God. Praying tonight. Praying tonight. Praying tonight. Uh, let me show you two or three things. And, 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 and there's no way... There's no way that we'll even come remotely close to getting done with this. I'll pick it back up Sunday night more than likely because the Lord has really given me some new things in the past three days on fasting and praying that I want to share with you on Sunday night. I just knew there was, I was not going to rush it and get it in tonight. But I promise you, you need to hear it. Number one tonight, prayer must be respectful. Prayer must be respectful. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter number 11. The book of Luke chapter number 11. I love the stories of Finney. I love the stories of Oswald Chambers. Get his book and read it. The complete works of Oswald Chambers. It won't be an overnight read. It's 1,500 pages. But get the book and read it. It's, it's unreal. Get E.M. Bounds' books. Get Tozer's books. There's some... Andrew Murray's got a book on um, praying that's just absolutely unbelievable. Chapter number 7, on prayer and the holiness of God. I, I, I told Brother Jonathan this, and I told my mom this, um, this week, and Brother Gravely. Besides my Bible, it's the most convicting chapter that I've ever read in my life. On the holiness of God and on prayer. It's unreal. Look at this tonight. Number 1. Prayer must be respectful. Luke chapter number 11. Look at verse number 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. And let me just say this in passing. Get around some people that knows how to pray. Get around some people that knows how to pray. Matter of fact... I I didn't even think about this, but I I, I thought about this just right then when when I said get around people that knows how to pray. And listen to them pray. Listen to them talk to the Lord. Listen to them pray. And, And they said, Lord, teach us. Lord, teach us to pray. Listen to this right here. Lord, teach us to pray. Oh, God, please God. Jesus' name, please don't ever let the devil try to destroy the world. He's the devil, the world, and the flesh sin from heaven. anybody know who that is? God bless my family. Thanks give me a good wife. Thanks for our children and grandchildren. I thank you, God. That's Saint Brother Milton Taylor. That's sitting in the parking lot of the Fairfield Inn in Elkin with my girls. And he turned around and looked at them and said, Girls, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. And I thought, well we need to go into the lobby, we want to ride to the church. And he bowed his head and went to praying for the next 15 minutes. Get around somebody that knows how to pray and pray with them. Hey, hey, look, it's all right to listen to them every once in a while. Amen. Get around. He said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he goes on to say this. And he said unto them, this is known as the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, when... You pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, how will it be thy name? How will it be thy name? I thought about this, number one, prayer must be respectful. Our Father which art in heaven, how will it be thy name? We must take note that in this prayer nothing is requested for self until certain important details have been handled. The disciples are reminded of the majesty of God. Did you hear me? The majesty, the holiness of God. When we go to God in prayer, hear me and hear me well, we're just not talking to uh, Joe Blow or old Bubba down the road. Amen. I said we're not just talking to a parent. We're not just talking to our pastor. We're just not talking to those in authority over us. We are talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are talking to the Majesty of God. We are talking to the Creator of all the world. We should approach Him respectfully. I, I'm not and 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 and. and and I'm going to say this in passage because I will not make nobody mad. God don't have to do nothing. I've heard people pray and say, God, you've got to do that. No, God don't have to do nothing. We don't give God damn mates. We don't say, God, this is what you've got to do. We don't give God demands and say, here's the way. No, 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 it's God. We don't give Him demands, it's the Lord, it's the majesty, it's the Creator. It's the one that allows us to breathe. It's the one that gave His darling son. He is reminding them of the majesty of God. He says, how will it be thy name? This speaks of reverence and respect for God. The two words in this petition will give us meaning and that is how will it name. Hallow it means, to made, uh, it means to be made holy, reverent, sanctified, set apart. Hence the honor and the glory. We come before Him as He is glory, as He is honor. We should approach Him more respectfully than we do anybody else in our daily life. It is a respectful thing. Name refers to the person. Look at the beginning of the verse. He said, And he said unto him, unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven. And the name refers to the person. Each time you intercede, be quiet first and worship God in his glory. Think of what he can do, of how he delights to hear Christ of your place in Christ and expect great things, said Andrew Murray. We approach Him in His glory tonight. I I understand there is times that our prayers, and, 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 and let me just say it this way, the emotions in our prayers changes the tone of our voice. You understand what I'm saying? But, and Brother Jimmy Millsap helped me with this. He said, you know the way Brother Jimmy is, he just talks to you and he just, he just, he don't get excited about much and he just, he laughs. He said, We was talking about prayer one day and he got laughing. I said, what are you laughing about? He said, these people scream and holler while they're praying. He said, what's wrong with them? And I thought, well, I don't know. Here's what he said. He said, if I needed something from my daddy, I didn't scream and holler at my daddy. I just walked to my dad and said, Dad, here's exactly what I need. You know what? My dad always took care of every one of them needs. He said, if I respected my dad that much, how much more should I respect the throne of God when I walk into it and ask for a need? That's pretty good stuff right there, and I wish I could claim it, but you can put Jimmy D. Millsap at the end of that one, all right? You know what he's saying? Uh, It's respectful. When we pray, church, we should respect. There should be a time of respect. We should understand who we're talking to. Number one, prayer must be respectful. Number two, think about this. Now, I want to center in here for just a minute. Prayer must, number one, be respectful, but number two, it must be confessional. It must be confessional. Look with me in Psalm 66. Psalm 66 says this. Psalm 66, and you know the verse I'm headed to. Verse number 18. Psalm 66, 18 says this. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He said, God's not going to hear me if I've got sin in my heart. If I've got iniquity in my heart. If if, if sin is in my life, then God's not going to hear me. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. Is God hearing you when you talk to Him right now? Is God hearing you when you talk to Him right now? Because He says if there's sin in our life... You said, Preacher, how do I know if there's sin in our life? Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, It's sin. So if there's something that you hadn't been doing that you're supposed to be doing, or if there's something you are doing that you're not supposed to be doing, then there's sin in your life. If there's all between you and somebody, there's sin in your life. Let me tell you the reason it's so important to keep your relationship right with man. It's because if your relationship's not right with man, your relationship's not right with God. And if your relationship's not right with God, God's not going to hear your prayers. Why? Because it's iniquity. Amen. It's iniquity. Let me tell you the reason I try my best. And as far as I know, at this present time, I, I'm not at all with nobody. Somebody, somebody might, they might be 197,000 at all with me. But as far as I know, I'm not with all with nobody. And you know, let me tell you one reason I try to keep it that way. Because Brother Tim, in the morning at 2 o'clock, I might get a phone call and need to talk to the Lord. And before I could talk to the Lord, I'd have to call that person and get in touch with that person and make things right with that person before I... We respect Him, but after that respectfulness, there must be confession. Sin has to be out of the life of the believer for God to hear us. Many people suggest that we praise God when we begin our prayer. We respect God in the beginning of our prayer. But to ever really praise God and thank Him for everything, we must first have sin out of our life. If I open my prayer... Now, God, I thank you for this, this, and this, and this. I appreciate you for this, 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 and this. And then I say, now, God, forgive me for what I've messed up. Well, God never heard the first part of it. God never heard the first part of it. Why? Because iniquities in my life. And that's the very reason, as soon as we approach Him and address Him in His holiness... We should be. I, I, we should be. I, I, not long ago, I, and, and this happens all the time at our house. Somebody's getting something took away from them all the time, and it's just the way it is because we're just not going to let them live like a bunch of devils and never punish them for nothing. Not long ago, I know what it was. I took Olivia's guitar, and 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 right after I took it, I said, "You can play." She's got a little old Johnson, a purple Johnson that was the first one she ever had. that's about a fifty dollar guitar. And, and I told her, if you want to play, Brother Matt, I told her go down there, put a tuner on it. You know how to tune one and play it. I said, that's something that she loves, something that she enjoys. And I took it away from her. You say, well, you a bad daddy. Well, you let me worry about raising mine, okay? I took it away from her. I said, here's what you got to do. About two or three hours, Brother Joe, she walked by. I love you, Dad. You know what she was trying to do? She was trying to kiss up to me before she made everything right. How many times do we try to kiss up to God before we make everything right? I wonder if some major tragedy hit your family tonight, how many people you'd have to make things right with before you could ever talk to God and get Him to hear I'm just telling us tonight, church, if we're going to grow, we're going to have to pray. But He said, Lord, teach us to pray. And here's the way we pray. We address Him in His holiness. But then, we get that sin out of our life. We get that sin out of our life. We get that sin out of our life. I thought about this. We come to God through confession of our sin. But this means we obtain mercy and can pray with a good conscience. And our prayer can have free course with God. I've given this illustration before and I'll give this to you and then give you another little thought here and we'll go home. But I remember several years ago, we haven't been here long and um, at that time, I was still teaching Sunday school every Sunday and preaching every Sunday, and 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 running wide open. Man, I was still working full time, and and um, we had just moved up here. I mean, it's and just moved up here, so that was just six or seven months after we came. One Sunday morning, I was actually studying in the basement. I, I hadn't even started studying up here at the church, and 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 really didn't even have an office up here yet set up or anything. And I was studying in the basement. I'd put a desk in the basement. And, 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 and we had finished part of the basement where I could study down there. And Leslie had went across on the other side for something, and she came back. No, I still studying upstairs. We didn't even have part of the basement finished then. She went downstairs to get something. She started back upstairs. She screamed at me and said that there was a mouse on a glue strip or it's called in a trap or something other down there, and she wanted me to take it out. And I told her, I said, I ain't got time to take it out right now. She said, well, I wish you'd take it out. I said, I ain't got time to take it out right now. She said, well, I really wish you'd just go ahead and take it out. And, 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 you know, I still wonder why. You know, women have selective hearing sometimes, and y'all can all say amen to that. But anyway, I opened the door, Brother Chad, and I said, I told you I don't have time to take it out right now. I've got to teach Sunday school. I've got to preach twice today. I, I'll take it out sometime this afternoon. Closed the door back. I walked up here knelt down in the altar and started to pray for the day. Walked around the pews and was praying over each pew. And I said, now Lord, you know Robert's going to be here today and he needs a move of God. God said, Robert who? And I said, Robert Potts. He said, well maybe he'll come today and I'll meet him. And he'll meet... No, I'm just speaking. I said, Lord, meet the need on this pew and God meet the need on this pew. And suddenly it's just like talking to that wall. You ever been there, Brother Tim? It's just like talking to that wall. And then I sat down here and I got my Bible out and started reading over things, just sitting here in the altar early that Sunday morning. I might as well went to the library and picked up a book. Uh, There wasn't nothing coming out of Brother Jonathan. I said, Lord, i got to preach here in a little bit. i got to teach here in a little bit. God, I need some help. He said, walk back down the hill and apologize to your wife. I said, if she would have left me alone... If she would have just listened to me, it, somebody help me. Say a man, Lord Charles, back there. If she would have just listened to me, we wouldn't be in this mess. God said, go down there and apologize to you. Why? Well, I just kept studying and praying. After about an hour, I realized nothing was going to happen. I walked down there, threw the door open. Sorry! Closed the door back. Started back up a hill and God said, I still ain't going to hear you. I said, Lord, I said I was sorry. And I wasn't even the one that started this. Now, Lord, I need you. He said, go apologize. I said, yes, sir. I walked in. opened the door. Boy, that's tough, ain't it, Brother Tim? I said, you know, I know what? I'm sorry. For what? (laughs) Anybody else ever been there? Let's just be honest. I said, for the mouse incident. Okay. I'm praying for you this morning while you're preaching. I wanted to say, why is God hearing your prayers? You nagged me to death and made me fly off the handle. Somebody say amen. You say, preach, what are you saying? I'm saying this. If we're not right with a man and we've got iniquity in our heart and sins in our life, God is not going to hear us. It's not going to happen you praying for your youngins to get saved. Things right with God. Sin in your life. Thanks, it's the Word of God tonight. I thought about this. I was reading. And, I, and I'll give you this and we'll go home. I was reading after Andrew Murray this week. Here's what he said. He said, Come once more with me at this time to Calvary. There see what sin is and the hatred and enmity with which the world cast out and crucified the Son of God. Their, sea, their sin reached its climax. Their Christ was, by God Himself, made sin, and become a curse as the only way to destroy sin. In the agony in which He prayed in Gethsemane, that He might not drink the terrible cup, and in the agony in which on the cross, in the deep darkness of desertion, He cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We often at least some point, at least some point, at least some faint ideal of the curse and the indescribable suffering which sin brings. If anything can make us hate, and detest sin, it is Christ on the cross. If God turned His back on His only Son because of sin, why do you really think God's listening to you with sin in your life? If God, if the only time in the history of eternity past an eternity future, the only time it's ever been said and ever will be said that Jesus addressed the Father as God and not the Father. The garden he prayed, Father, if it be this will. He prayed again on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. But at this one prayer, it's the only time ever, ever, that you'll hear Jesus address God as God and not his father. And he addressed him as God at that point because he was not his father. He was judging him because of the sin of the world. He was his ultimate judge at that point. And if God himself turned his back on his son at that moment and forsook his son because of sin, why do we think that we can pray and God hear us with sin in our? It's not going to happen. We must pray respectful. We must pray pray confessional. I'll just throw this out. We must pray persistent. So preacher, what are you saying? He said, and, and I don't have time to go into all this. He said, knock and it shall be open. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be answered. Ask, seek, and knock and you study that out, and you study the verb tenses of it out, and I don't have time to preach all this, it's a continuous action. It's keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. Sometimes I've prayed a prayer, and immediately I saw God answer it. But some prayers I've been praying now for close to 13 years, Brother Robert, for some people to be saved in this community. And He's still not answering it. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep praying. You know what? A couple of weeks ago, I had some people promise me that's coming to church that's lost by their testimony. They're lost on the road to hell. And they didn't show up. But you know what i done today? I went and tried to find them. Let me tell you the reason why. I was going to invite them back this Sunday. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying. You know what? When, I, when we went in the tent meeting this year on May the 4th, that Saturday night, I prayed for God to meet the needs of my family. That's what I always pray. Little did I know that that was going to end up being two of my kids getting saved. What if I'd quit praying? What if I'd quit praying for my family? Persistent. 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 How long did you pray for your sister, Brother Tim? 24 years before she got saved. 24 years. But she saved tonight. What about that? You want me to tell you the reason why? Somebody prayed. Somebody prayed. Church, if we're going to grow as a Christian, if we're going to grow as a church, if we're going to grow as an individual, we we'll had to have to learn how to pray. We're we'll going to learn how to get a hold of God. We're we'll going to have to learn how to talk to God. And can I say this? Prayer can be continuous. Pray without ceasing. You know what? Here's what... Madeline, come start playing something. And here's what... Uh, here's what um, Brother Taylor says, he says some some of my best prayer meetings is riding up road in this old truck. Matter of fact, the other day I seen him at Gullions. He told me that again, Brother Taylor. He said some of my best prayings riding up road in truck, riding up road in truck can be continuous. Let's just pray tonight. Oh, you know what we're trying to pay that Sunday school wing golf because we really need bigger fellowship hall. And you know what? We get it paid down to a certain amount. Lord, let us. We'll expand again. Let me tell you the way we're going to be able to do that is praying. 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 It's getting a hold of God. It's getting a hold of God. I remember, I remember as a boy, as a boy having all night prayer meetings. I'm, I'm talking about as a I'm talking about a little boy. I'm talking about Victoria's size. Walking around Turner's Creek Baptist Church in the middle of the night, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. My daddy going, God, we sure need that piece of land up there. God, I'd like to build a gym right here for youth camp. I remember hearing him pray them prayers as we'd walk around the wee hours of the morning. Man, you go over there today with Matt you remember especially back in the heydays days when we was all there and Miss Tina remembers that all God done in those days let me tell you the reason why because somebody prayed because somebody prayed let me tell you the reason where we're at today twelve years ago less than a thousand dollars in the bank and still owed on this bill the day we made a ten thousand dollar payment on on Sunday night after service they transferred it and of course it went in on yesterday and give our missionaries our home missionaries three thousand dollars apiece. and today still if you put all of our accounts together there's over a hundred thousand dollars in it let me tell you the reason why because somebody prayed that's why we don't attribute this to no man because God don't move on no method. We attribute it all to Him. It's because somebody prayed.